leaders in clear air at the moment. Nicely clear, MacDan. Max Delight's in for the fight. Belraj is trying to get to them, but it's MacDan. He's packing plenty. MacDan. MacDan wins the Newcastle Mile. We'll see you in a few weeks in the Miracle Mile. Goes aim to beat Belraj. Yeah, MacDan lining up in take two of the Miracle Mile at Menangle on the weekend. Saturday night, Chris Barsby, good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. It's always interesting, and it happens with the gallops as well, where races have been put back. Sometimes people have more time to analyse it, and sometimes they can change their minds with what they initially thought. Has that been the case with you, or were you sticking with the favourite in the race on Saturday night? No, I'm sticking with the favourite, but what I've found interesting, and I'm looking forward to this chat tomorrow with Jared Daffy from Tab. He's he's trimmed up. Last week, I think we were talking around $1.75 about King of Swing going into the race on uh, the following day, he's about a dollar fifty-five. So he's he's been quite short, uh, or a lot shorter this week compared to the previous week, and nothing's really changed. So I'm looking forward to chatting to Jared tomorrow just to get his take and just the reaction from punters with that extra week to see if they're delving a little bit deeper into the form. Is there sort of any theories that he'll get crossed at the start? So it'll be very interesting tomorrow to find mm. out where the money's going. But by the look of it, it's all pointing towards the favourite because he's a lot yeah. shorter this week compared to last week. Yeah, I, I said to you earlier in the week, because I was watching the market, I was sort of watching the, the race, I was waiting for it to come on, and I, Spirit of Louis, St. Louis, or Lewis, I think, was got into $3 at one stage. What price is he? Have you got that market in, on, in front of you, Chris, at the moment? What price yeah, is he's he still in? at $3. He is $3, OK. Yeah. I've I got a feeling he was a better so price the, than that in the morning. Um, so he's clearly the second pick, and then we're going out to Bondi Lockdown. So there's only the three uh, three runners in single figures for Saturday night, Steve. So King of Swing, clearly. Then Spirit of St. Louis at uh, $3 and $7 about Bondi Lockdown. Long odds for all other runners. We'd love to see some fireworks, wouldn't you? The first 400 metres or so. But anyway, whether that eventuates, we don't know. But our first guest this morning is Noel Denning, Chris. Yeah, well, I want to chat with Noel Denning because uh, they've got a big day coming up this weekend up on the Darling Downs at Pittsworth. As we know, uh, Burwood Stud is the biggest stud here in the Sunshine State. And as we also know, the Garrard's Reckliffe Yielding Sale is fast approaching. In fact, we're only weeks away. It takes place on Sunday, March 27. That's the, uh, the Reckliffe Paceway. Catalogues are available. So this is a great opportunity to pick up a, a youngster for next year. And many of the lots that are going under the hammer are Qbred eligible. So... When they win their first race, you get the extra $14,000. With their second win, there's an extra $7,500. But Burwood stuff this weekend have got a big open day and they're showcasing their draft for this sale. So I wanted to touch base with Noel. He's been kind enough to join us this morning. Appreciate the time, Noel. Morning, Chris. It's quite a pleasure to be on with you. Yes. So you've got a big day on Sunday. We have, yes. We're... Um... Uh, I think we've got about 50 coming so far, 50 people coming so far, which is good, but we're going to, there'll be more than that. Um, and what we are going to do is just parade all the yearlings, give people a little preview of them all beforehand and um, and give them a barbecue and a, and a beer if they want one. And we'll, um, we'll have a great day, I think, just to start things off for the sale. Okay. How big a draft are you guys preparing for this sale in a couple of weeks? Uh, we've got 28 yearlings we're uh, preparing. Um, and in that, there's Burwood Stud itself has 12, and our son Jonathan's got three yearlings in that as well. And we've got some very nice types in it with, as you know, like Cammy's youngsters are running out now sort of thing. So um, so Cammy Best has, has got um, five in the sale sort of thing, and we have three ourselves. So... Um, 
Um, all good types, all out of out of good mares, winning producing mares. So um, something to go on with there. And um, uh, we have a, a three yearlings by Ultimate Machete, um, which is an up and coming stallion, I feel sort of thing. And um, out of good mares like Adam Bomb Angel, which is she's a 100% producer, five runners, five winners, and um, and Happy Huntress, which has produced a couple of winners, and in the Midnight Hour, which has produced a couple of winners as well, sort of thing. So they're just uh, some, and there it's uh, there's others there, changeovers, and down by the seaside, all coming out of Burwood's draft too, sort of thing. So yes. Okay, so all the great stallions are represented. Uh, you're providing, what, uh, just over a third of the sale by the sound of it. So it's a big draft. The ratio to Colts to fillies, or is it fairly even? Uh, pretty even, Chris, yeah. Yeah, pretty even all over sort of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. As, as you know, um, I probably um, I like fillies more because I have seemed to have a bit more success with, um, with the garage sale and... Um, um, than Colts sort of thing. But anyway, we've got some very nice Colts too there. I think we'll, they'll show up as well sort of thing. So. Okay. How do you compare this draft, Noel, to, to previous years? Uh, you've mentioned you've got some great stallions and some really nice mares being represented with this sale. So how does it compare to other years? Um, I think we're probably getting, each year we get a little bit better, Chris, like we're probably getting better mares. And, and as we go along, we're, probably breeding to better stadiums too sort of thing so we've we've and the, the presentation of the horses i think we're probably we always pride ourselves in them looking good but i think um this lot are looking even a little bit better sort of thing so it's um all all well-grown youngsters and and um that are all very good mares sort of thing so well, this is series number 15. We know if you buy from this sale, the, the youngsters as two-year-olds are racing for a $100,000 race series. The following year at three, they're chasing $50,000. You've been with this sale pretty much from the get-go, so you've got a very strong connection with the club. Yes, we have, yes. we've Just offhand, but I know we've, had, we've produced many winners for the sale, that's for sure, sort of thing, for the races and... Um, and it's all it's all very exciting time for us because this is our major sale for us sort of thing. So um, we we look forward to it all the time. Okay, so how many winners of that race series final at two has the farm produced? I'll, I might have to ask Christine that way too. <laughs> um, <laughs> we must we must have had six, seven, seven winners out out of that. Now, yes, yeah. So, is Governor so, Juge on the best of them? Uh, I, I would think so, yes. Yeah, Ching to Ching. She's probably our, our top filly, though, for it sort of thing. So, uh, um, yeah, so we've, we've, we've had a good run with it all, yes. All right. Well, speaking of Governor Juge on, you've mentioned Cammy Best. And uh, as we know, he's recently been retired. So there's not many more opportunities left for, for potential buyers to snap up a, a cami best. And you've mentioned there's quite a few in the sale. So hopefully uh, they're going to be well received. Yeah, well, I think they will be. Yes, yes, for sure. So um, uh, there's one out of a mare by the name of a, a cult out of Keep No Secrets. Um, she's produced winners and he is an outstanding cult. He's uh, lot 31 in the sale and he's, uh, he, he looks the type and everything's right with him. Um, and also a filly 
out of a, a mare by name Baroness um, Marouche, uh, lot 27. Yeah, she's she's got a, a good pedigree, and she's out of the our real good mare, Adam Bomb Angel, which has had um, five runners, five winners sort of thing. So um, so that's that's a really really good filly line, that one sort of thing. Um, yeah, so we've and and another cult lot 58. He's he's um, he's a very nice type too. Out of all the girls, she's she's uh, had uh, four winners too, sort of thing. So produced four winners. So they're all out of good producing mares. Our Kemi Bessar this year, that's for sure. Okay, so. the bulgy or draft is Qbread. I've got to ask, uh, how important is that Qbread uh, factor? Oh, just tremendous, Chris. Like if if we didn't have that, um, the the yieldings wouldn't be selling for what they do at the moment, sort of thing. And and this is going to boost boost our yearlings as well with the fourteen thousand there to be had sort of thing and and it doesn't take long and you pay twenty thousand for a yearling you soon get your money back when you've got fourteen thousand up to grab straight off sort of thing so um I think it's going to be a tremendous it's a tremendous push for the sales sort of thing and and what the yearlings are worth at the end is is I feel you can probably say that's what the yearlings should be averaging sort of thing, but um, they'll be all very close to that, I think. So, yeah, so that's a bit of a, a guide, in my opinion, what they're worth. So Sure. And, and just overall, Noel, just with the Qbread system and the futurity scheme that we have here in this state, are you seeing more numbers now with that scheme and the fact that, you know, these bonuses are getting you know, uh, quite lucrative, 14,000 first win, seven and a half year second win. Are you finding that there's more more mares being bred each and every year now? Uh, yes, yes, Chris, that's for sure. Um, we find that we've got more mares coming, you know, even from out of state to, to come to breed. And um, mares that people probably hadn't been breeding with have, have sort of came back to breed again with. So um, it's a great incentive to... To go to go this way, sort of thing, and every other state, even just talking to everybody else, they just say, "Well, we've got the best scheme in, in the whole of Australia," sort of thing. So, and I'm, I guarantee we have sort of thing because it's um, it's just it just shows up all the time. Well, and and the thing is, you can breed to any stallion really if you want to, and um, as long as they're bred in Queensland and you've got a cube bread sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very good, very good. Now, yeah. just uh, logistically for this sale coming up, uh, March 27, you've got almost 30 lots there. How, how big of a, a challenge is it for you guys to get them all down to Reckliff and, and get them, you know, settled in and ready? It, it must be an early start for you guys. Oh, yeah, we used to probably get up about 1 or 2 in the morning just so they get a bit of a feed into them. And, um, and yeah, we, we get loaded and the, the trucks pull in and... It doesn't take long. We're very organised these days, sort of thing, and, um, and we enjoy a bit of a challenge, sort of thing like this. But we do, we do enjoy at the end of the day that it's it's over because it's usually a very long day. But um, we've got a lot of good helpers, with our own boys and that sort of thing, and um, and a couple other helpers this year, which is excellent. So it's just all more hands on deck. It makes life so much easier. So yeah. Absolutely. Now, it all takes place on Sunday, this big open day with the draft being presented there. So what time does it start? And as you said, light refreshments are going to be provided. Yeah, at 10 o'clock we're, we're kicking off sort of thing. So we 
hopefully if everybody's there by 10, they can have a cuppa then if they want to and um, we'll just parade the yearlings when everybody's there and and uh, lunch, we'll probably we'll have a barbecue probably about half past 12 and and if anybody wants to have a bit of a look again then through them, quite welcome to. And, yeah, so it's a pretty easy sort of going day and, yeah, but it's... Um, it's uh, just just um it's just sort of one of them things we we just need people to let us know if they're coming just so we can do the catering right sort of thing and um and we've got to be thankful to Barristock with um John Daly. He's um supplying all the meat for the barbecue for the day, which is excellent sort of thing. So one final one before I let you go. We've had plenty of rain in the southeast corner over the past fortnight. Please tell me that that rain made its way to Pittsworth and the dams are full up there. It did. It did. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's excellent at the moment. Yeah, we've uh, we had all up here. We were probably a bit light on compared to you. We only had 220 mils sort of thing over all that rain, which was just excellent and everything's bright and green and, and the dams are all full. So... Uh, we're happy to be kicking off the coming into the winter months pretty good sort of thing. So, yeah, it's a All right, great start. Really appreciate the time this morning, Noel. You know, best of luck on Sunday with that open day, with that big draft, and uh, more so, uh, best of luck for the sale day itself on Sunday, March 27. That'll be great. Thanks very much for everything, Chris. Yeah, thank you. There's the stud master of Burwood Stud, Noel Denning, joining us. Our next guest is online and waiting, and I'm sure she'll be she'll be checking out there. She loves spending money. She loves spending money. She was at it again last week in Sydney, shilling out more, and I'm sure she's got her eye on one or two, maybe three from this sale. Brittany Graham from Sky Racing is online with us now. Brittany, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Chris. Yes, well, I'll just have to make sure... Uh... I head to the sales alone because I think I'm upsetting the parents with my uh, current spending rate. You, you've blown the budget? <laughs> I think I blow, <laughs> uh, I blew the budget in Queensland, to be honest. But um, anyway, you've got to be in it to win it, I say. Exactly, exactly. But in all seriousness, though, with this sale itself, um, only uh, yearlings from this sale are eligible to contest that rich race series, $100,000 at two, $50,000 at three. So it's worth having a look at. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think it's a really good value for money sale as well. We've had uh, a few stable clients that have specifically said to us that they want to buy from Redcliffe so that they're eligible for uh, that series. So, um, yeah, it's, it's produced some pretty nice horses over the last few years as well. The last two two-year-old winners have gone pretty well. So uh, I'm sure that there's another one amongst this crop. Yeah, absolutely. Now tell me just quickly on the one that you bought last week in Sydney. You're happy with him? Yeah, I loved him. I, um, I said today we might have to change um, our place's name to Art Major Lodge. We've bought a fair few of them this year, but uh, no, he really took my... I loved him from the photos, and then uh, Alana Toolman prepared him, and he, he looked sensational. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he's a champion, and um, he, he looks like one anyway. He's, he's untested. Right. He's, he's unbeaten, I say. <laughs> well, fingers crossed, best of luck with him going forward. Let's talk about the Miracle Mile, take two. Are we certain it's going to be staged this weekend? Well, I mean, there's no certainties in racing, and I'm pretty sure we found that out last week. But speaking to Bruce Christensen yesterday from Club Benangle, he is very, very confident that there'll be no issues. They were in a trial session this morning at Menangle. Um, I spoke to, to Corey Peterson this morning. He had a steer around in one of the trials, and he said 
the track was great. So um, Bruce and also David Wanson have been pretty open in that they've had to do a fair bit of remedial work to the inside of the track and they had to dig it up fairly significantly. So it's probably not going to be as hard and fast as uh, it's possible of being. But in saying that, uh, times are irrelevant as long as we get uh, the race meeting run and one and the track's in good enough condition to, to race and be safe. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, a pretty pretty fair certainty. Um, and the good news is it's great weather at Menangle today. I've seen some pictures and it looks really good. And to be honest, as much as the inside of that track wasn't great on Saturday night, they had to do that uh, repair work to it. The rest of the track from about two carts up was... A-okay, and there's been horses work on it all week long. So at this stage, it's looking fairly positive um, and hopefully it can get done this time around. So you're packing heels and not gumboots this weekend? Well, I had heels on last weekend, Chris, so you can imagine how that went. Mm, they're gone. They're done. Now, just on that <laughs> rain last week, being trackside, uh, it was insane. The, the amount of rain that fell in that fairly short space of time. Yeah, no doubt about it. I was actually telling people the week before at Albion Park on the Friday when I drove, I said that was the, some of the, the heaviest rain I've driven in and I've seen at a racetrack. And then uh, that was a, a whole different ball game there last Saturday night. You could just tell it was horribly muggy and sticky and humid for the first five races. And right before the, the free-for-all, uh, one of the camera's assistants came over and passed me a jacket. And I said, what's that for? And he said, well, it's it's here and we'd been tracking the the radar and there was no way that we were going to miss the rain it was just a matter of when it arrived and within the space of two or three minutes the the wind picked up it changed direction it got really cool all of a sudden and normally rain starts out pretty steady but it was instantaneously heavy and and sidewards and I just started a pre-race interview with Luke McCarthy and we both just looked at each other and thought here we go so uh, it, it wasn't great and the rain just, the, the water just couldn't get away. Coming into the stables, it was coming right up. All of the drains couldn't cope with the, the volume of water. And uh, it was just quite remarkable. You couldn't hear anybody to speak in the stables. The, the rain was that hard on the roof. So uh, it was the right decision. They had no choice. And to be honest, if the Miracle Mile had been run in those conditions, we would have always probably been talking about the conditions and not the race. And if horses had underperformed or, or however the race was run, I don't think it would have been fair on anyone. So all connections were comfortable with that decision to just postpone it a week. Was there any thought process of bringing the race forward or that they just couldn't do anything given that, you know, the times were locked away with the tab? I think for a race of that nature, to bring it forward would have just been uh, impossible, really, with, with everybody looking forward to the race. And maybe if it was a, a regular race meeting, they could have brought it forward. But in saying that, as much as it didn't look great on the radar, I still think it exceeded everybody's expectations of just how bad it was. Nobody expected it to be quite as horrific as it was. And everybody was of the opinion that uh, for the safety concerns and for the sake of the race, uh, the right decision was made. And uh, I think some connections are probably pretty happy that they've got another week to work with. Well, one of those connections would certainly be King of Swing coming off that really tough run the week prior when he won his qualifier, sat parked in 47.9. He gets that extra week. So it's only got to be beneficial. You mentioned the inside part of the track. This is really important for King of Swing backers because he's got the inside gate there. So is there any cause for concern with that inside part of the track, knowing that the favourite's got the inside draw? 
Yeah, well, I'll have to go back and look at the trials today and then I'll have a good look at the track on Saturday night. We've got five races prior to, to get a guide if there's any issue with the, with any part of the track. I would say no, uh, but it's interesting you note the fact that King of Swing would have been benefited by the extra week. I, I thought that, but then when I look back through all of his biggest race victories, he's raced in the week prior. His 200 cuts, he'd raced the week prior. Uh, his two miracle miles, he's raced the week prior. But in saying that, those runs weren't to the level that he had to be, uh, I guess, taken to to win that sprint qualifier a fortnight ago. But I don't, I don't think I'm reading too much into to anything uh, in terms of it being pushed back a week. I think these good horses, uh, they're good horses for a reason and they're great trainers. So I don't see there being uh, any issue. And uh, I also think that we can't really read much into it. Okay. Is he your selection, King of Swing? And knowing that this is going to be his final start, any thoughts on that? Yeah, he's, he's my on-top selection with the major danger spirit of St. Louis, no doubt. I think I saw him get out to 165 or maybe a little longer the other day. And I, th- I thought that was a good price for him. It was interesting there on Saturday night. I heard several times from different people, there was sort of a, a groundswell starting to appear that maybe there was more likelihood that, that he would get crossed than first thought. I don't think I can subscribe to that theory. I'm not sure that he will get crossed. Um, the only question mark probably is is the inside gate, the fact that he's never drawn down in one at Menangle. And I'm not sure one's at Menangle quite as good as other tracks. They're, those horses out wide always do seem to get a, a little bit of a slingshot up. But he's a, he's a good horse. He's a great horse. We saw in the Hunter Cup how easily he led. And it's probably just that nagging in the back of a fused mind of that black to fate. But hopefully for his connection, that was a one-off. But I'm with him on top and. Uh, sometimes in racing, things are just meant to be. And if it is his last start, well, maybe it's just meant to be that he's going to go out winning a third Miracle Mile and creating history. Surely you can twist their arm, though, on Saturday night, trackside. Sorry, what was that? Tag Constellation. You you can twist their arm immediately after the race and just convince them about Brisbane in July. Well, I was speaking to Luke at the barrier draw the other night. He was non-committal at that point in time and... And the opinion that he was giving was that we'll wait until after Saturday night. Well, uh, yeah, I told him that I think Albion Park's got some marketing material already ready for, for King of Swing's arrival, so they can't they can't let them down, surely. Mm, yeah, we can only hope. But it looks like uh, this is going to be it on Saturday night for King of Swing. So we'll wait and see. Hey, uh, Britt, uh, is there another special somewhere across the weekend that you can uh, outline for our listeners? I found it really tricky to find one at Menangle on Saturday night that's not at really short odds. I think I'm really looking forward to seeing Tardelli go around in the Sapling Stakes. Speaking of Redcliffe Yearling Sales, he's a graduate of last year's uh, Garrard's Redcliffe Yearling Sale, Tardelli. I think last time I checked, he was even money to take out that Sapling Stakes. And his major rival on paper, Chantilly, has been scratched. So I think that's not a not a bad gamble. I mean, probably fraught with danger tipping a two-year-old only at its third start. But I think this guy's above average. So uh, that Sapling Stakes $50,000 feature for the two-year-old Colts and Gildens is race number four on Saturday night. Uh, and I really like the chances of Tardelli. Okay. He's number 11, currently $2 with tab picks right now. Really appreciate the time this morning, Britt. Safe travels to Sydney across the weekend. Hopefully you can stay dry there and we can get through this meeting without the other uh, weather experience that we, we uh, went through last week and we'll be able to crown a, uh, a Miracle Mile champion for 2022. Look forward to chatting again next week.
Yeah, fingers crossed, Chris. Thank you. Mm. Brittany Graham. Chris, just with King of Swing, though, uh, really, honestly, have they got anything to lose? You know, if the horse wins, I mean, if you owned him, would you persevere to Brisbane? Well, I would, but I've been accused of being biased. Yeah, well, what I'm saying is we we spoke about what he can potentially earn at starting a season. Uh, I mean, mm. it'd be just a great promo piece, wouldn't it, to go out with, if he wins, I'm talking about. You know, um, you've got a very valuable stadium. You're on a hiding to nothing, aren't you? I mean, he's, it's not going to increase his value one iota, is it, going to Queensland no. and winning another feature at Stud? So no, I'm just wondering exactly. if they use that and as a great... I, and to be brutally honest, I don't think it's going to diminish his value either, even if he gets beaten up here. Mm. You know, because his record is proven. It's it's there for everyone to see. So It's just more sexy, know. though, if a horse goes to Stud on a winning note, Chris, isn't it? Sure. For yeah. Breeders. Yep. Anyway. Absolutely. Matt Young's with us. Well, Matt Young, the first question that we've got to ask. Chicago, retired. Well, well he's <laughs> raced in very similar connections to King of Swing, so are we waiting for another announcement? Is that forthcoming following his defeat on Monday afternoon in the Pinjarra Cup? He led and folded up. Matt. Yeah. Morning to you, boys. Um, yeah, not 100% sure about Chicago Bull because we're talking about him... Uh, Six, seven weeks ago, and I said he couldn't win the Pacing Cup. And then his performance in the Pacing Cup was really brave and was a sign that he was pretty close to being back to his best. And then on Monday, he's performed well below his best. So um, I think I'd like to see Gary Hall Jr. get back back on him. And uh, if he performs poorly with Jr. on, then I think we're getting close to the end of uh, seeing Chicago Bull over here in the West. But uh, I'll give him... I'll give him just a strike uh, for Monday and hope to see him back to his best. But no doubt there's been some underlying issues and uh, we'll see him back, bounce back to his best very soon. You can't keep a good horse down like Chicago Bulls. So I think uh, I think he'll bounce back. I, I agree. I, I don't want to rule him out until I see Junior go. No knock on Kellen Savalco. He, he did nothing wrong. He led. Uh, pace was what you would expect even if Junior was driving him, but I'm not prepared to rule him out just yet until Junior goes back on. I've spoken to the camp and they're, they're pushing on. They don't think Pinjarra is a track that he goes well at. And that was only his third start there on Monday. And it's it's a track I don't think he's even won at. So uh, it's quite surprising, but um, they're prepared to overlook it. And uh, obviously they'll go back to GP and Junior's going to go back on. Yeah, he, um, he was beaten... He hasn't raced there for years. Uh, he was beaten by El Jacko. I remember one of his first early starts here in WA, and he was a raging red-hot favourite, and uh, El Jacko beat him. That was when we were expecting El Jacko to be uh, up to the elite category, and Chicago Bull carried on because he was uh, a confident pacer and he could do everything right, and he was probably more versatile than El Jacko. But, yeah, that's... It is true, he's never won there, and uh, those sort of horses on the bigger track. It's a long straight at Pinjarra, and horses can get beaten there, but I don't think I don't think you can blame the track. I think he just he just performed well below what we're used to seeing from Chicago Bull. He was pressured, uh, maybe the mental pressure got to him, and yeah, we'll just see what happens going forward. But either way, I must say he's definitely not at his absolute best, and he's not he hasn't been for a while. So I'm expecting that this may be his last season of racing 
uh, anyway, but I think he's still got plenty more wins in store, if that makes sense. Just like a more mature human being, you know. As you get older, you get aches and pains, and, you, you know, some days <laughs> you feel great, some days you feel crap. Um, exactly. Well, we'll wait and see. Just just on Minstrel, who didn't start in that cup on Monday, he, he's one of the stars of the, uh, the team bond operation over there. Um, there was talk about him going to the, the slot race in New Zealand at Cambridge next month. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, I spoke with Greg Bond and he said he's gone to the paddock and he just didn't want to go to the well too many times with Minstrel. So he's going to have a little bit of a let up. And another piece of interesting news uh, relating to Perth, I mentioned earlier this week, CoverGirl, who won the Group 2 race at Auckland on Friday night, uh, there was plans put in place almost immediately after that race about bringing her to the, uh, the Queensland Tab Constellations in July, setting her for a race like the Queensland Oaks. And then there was an offer that was coming in from Perth and it sounds like it's getting messy. So we might near, uh, hear more about that. So she's either going to come to Queensland or she's going to end up on, on your side of the country, Matt. So it'll be a filly well worth uh, keeping an eye out for because she's blessed with a really good talent. She's beautifully bred and she's a last star group two winner. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, that'll be great to see if she can come across here. She'll really add plenty to the, the filly's ranks and yeah, I mean, it's a great coup for Queensland if she can go there as well. So uh, I think whoever is able to obtain cover girl is going to uh, definitely strengthen the league going forward. Wouldn't be wonderful to fly, though. <laughs> well, she's... Yeah, look, I, I've spoken she's to a bulldog. Shane. <laughs> I've spoken to Shane about um, Allegra coming across and uh, he's quite happy... He's quite happy to take on a horse like Allegra. So, um, yeah, it, he's been training for 40 years in the sport and he said he's never he's never had a horse anywhere near as good as Wonderful to Flyer. And uh, he's been able to... He, he had Laverage in the early stages. He knew, it, he knew Laverage was going to be very smart. He has had uh, Group 1 winners before over the years, but he just said you go your whole career trying to find a horse that's both fast and tough, and uh, he's got one. She's scintillatingly fast, yeah. uh, wonderful to fly. Her, the quarters that she can drop just off from zero to 100 is amazing, and that's uh, going to win her a lot of races as a three-year-old. Yeah, I don't think she gets the credit that she deserves, and I think, uh, you know, going forward with that clash with Allegra, I'll just be able to float under the radar there a little bit and, uh, you know, rule her out at your own peril because I think she'll uh, she'll measure up to the best fillies anywhere in this part of the world. So we wish her the best of luck with her going forward. Wonderful to fly. Just quickly, uh, APG sales were held recently over there in Perth and uh, the money was strong. There was some, uh, you know, really cracking types that were commanding really strong money. Doesn't surprise, but uh, it's good to see that there's some real vibe and, uh, you know, uh, urgency over there to secure those nice horses. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the double Westbred scheme over here is uh, pretty uh, amazing and uh, Fly Like an Eagle, he's uh, done a great job with Wonderful to Fly in mentioning her. So uh, I think as a two-year-old, so Wonderful to Fly won $150,000, but with the double Westbred scheme, it ended up being $230,000. So uh, like that's life-changing money for a lot of owners um, that are involved in horses like that, and with the with the addition to the uh, two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars Westbred races being named from this year onwards, 
uh, we get to see a lot of money being spent at the sale now because you can you can get a great return on your horses and so your initial outlay with the bonuses going through is not actually that much. So I've heard of uh, breeders from the eastern states thinking about sending their mares back to WA because the sales are so strong and uh, we've got great prize money on offer. So uh, there's great positive signs at the moment. Uh, There's a $150,000 purchase which topped the sale and uh, that is quite clearly the best the best of uh, any any prices we've ever had at a sale in WA. So previously breaking the $130,000 Captain Treacherous Colt from last year. So uh, really exciting stuff. And I, I can see the sales continuing to get stronger. The breeders here are doing such an amazing job. Uh, KTC Bloodstock, um, uh, Trevor Lindsay, Steve Johnson, just three names to mention they just breed so many good stallions to good mares the crosses are amazing cody charles with ktc bloodstock he goes out and actively looks for uh, really talented mares to be able to purchase to bring over here to strengthen his breeding and uh, and he's been able to breed some really super horses Labrador joe wonderful to fly shockwave double espresso those sort of horses so they're multiple group group one winning horses that have been bred here in WA where a lot of our good horses 15 years ago were coming from the east or New Zealand. Now they're staying here, they're homegrown talent. So the breeding in the past decade has just gone through the roof. It's uh, really great to see that uh, breeders can confidently breed here and knowing that they're going to get the money that they deserve for uh, their progeny. Yep, absolutely. Just on Cody Charles, does he double with the greyhounds as well? He does, yeah. He's had uh, gallopers as well, so um, yeah. he yeah, he breeds he breeds greyhounds, he breeds paces. Uh, of course, Kevin Charles, his father, he was he was involved in the industry uh, as a trainer and with paces, and so Cody came through as a junior driver, and then Cody moved across to the greyhounds and had a dual code license. So uh, he's still got a few greyhounds, but uh, the breeding side of things is. Oh, I think it's taken centre stage. He's uh, doing such a good sto- uh, such a good job with KTC Bloodstock. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see. He's had some winners with the Galters as well. All right, good to hear. Uh, Ten races coming through a GP tomorrow night. Where do we find the best bet for Matty Young? Well, it's Caduceus Club Classic Night, and uh, I'm with uh, race five, number two, the Mickey Taker in the Caduceus Club Classic. This horse was exceptional last week, and hearing Aidan DeCampo's uh, his interview about this horse, he thought that he would uh, probably improve off that run again because he's a bit of a lazy type and he needed a good hit out to go forward. So, yeah, 155 and a bit last start. He was three wide to the breeze, attacked for the front, got the lead, was clearly headed inside the 400 metre mark and fought back to win by half the length. This horse, if you actually look at him, looks like an old claimer. He's uh, he's amazing in his shape he just looks like a ready-made racehorse and looks like he's been there for many years so i think around the 210 is with fixed odds fixed odds markets i think he'll be able to run to the top and win i priced him around about a dollar 75 dollar 80 so i think the one will hand up to him swing band will probably be left in the breeze and from there i just think the mickey take is going to be too good so race five number two the mickey take my best on the card
Okay, well, Tab Fixed Odds markets are up right now. He's 2.15, so lock that away right now. The Mickey Taker, race five, number two. Matty, you're the best. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to the chat again next week. Cheers, boys.